right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bunny's Years. Second episode of the week. It's playoff week for crying out loud. Regular cast today. I'm, of course, Nick Bumber along with Colton Pouncey. Uh, yes, Lions, Rams, as we told you, was uh, our preferred outcome of the situation. Lions, Rams, indeed happening. Matthew Stafford returning to Port Field for the first time since he got out of here. Uh, uh, that Whatever day that was back in 2021. Uh, Colton, how are we doing here, my man? Doing good. Uh, not gonna lie, I'm getting a, a little tired of the uh, <laughs> narratives of this week, which mm. we knew would be part of it. Listen, and for those at home, we wanted the game. We wanted football. We wanted the matchup. We didn't. Right. We knew that this was part of it. You know, yeah. I I, <laughs> I like the idea of Stafford and and Golf having to <laughs> like just I, just. I was just curious to see what they had to say about this matchup and just playing their former teams. But beyond that. I could do without Kelly Stafford. I could do without mm. the Jersey van that's going around Twitter, the fake one and all the other nonsense of the week. Um, but in terms of this game, like I'm glad we're getting closer to Sunday because that's what we all want to see. Yeah. That's kind of why we wanted this matchup in the first place. At least in this case, I think um, Kelly's Instagram kerfuffle was like, she commented in someone's thing, right? She didn't post about it separately, yeah. which it was a was, comment. People still yeah. found it somehow. <laughs> they did find it, which I mean, okay, fine. Like, you know her media literacy is not always the the best, but in the back of the day she would just post it and yeah. be like, "This is ridiculous," and everyone would be like, "It's not real, it's not real." And then she would just be like, uh, "Whatever." You know <laughs> yeah. what? So I'll take a second to defend Kelly because I I was on Twitter and I saw people say, "Yeah, she didn't oh, post it this time." So Kelly's yapping about not being able to get a suite at the Lions game, and I'm just like, "Well, let me go back and actually listen to the podcast." And I listened to it, and I think she had some like valid concerns. Because she says, you know, Matthew wants the, she's like, Matthew wants the kids at the game, but, yeah. you know, if we can't get a suite, that's going to be tough because we'd have to sit in the environment. And, like, obviously Lions fans have been so well to us, but we're the enemy in this scenario. And, like, yeah, there's going to be mean, hecklers and we have either. four young kids. And it's like, I'm like, I totally understand that. So if that's what people are mad at her about, then whatever. Uh, she's obviously, you know, Kelly. gotten herself into trouble other times, but I don't think this is one that was warranted, but. I mean, yeah. she's got a podcast, so, you yeah. know, it's warranted because she doesn't need to have a podcast, but that's neither here nor there. In any event, uh, that's too much Kelly Stafford for this week and any week, I would say. Uh, yes, Colton, well, let's let's start then, I suppose, right there, because you have had a chance now to talk with uh, Mr. Goff. Um, I am, I believe Stafford's talked, right? Has he, stopped, has he talked out there in L.A.? I, yes, he I talked uh, so. on, on Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, you know, we had our thoughts about Jared coming in and, and how that would go. What was your first impression of him there? Uh, I'm sure it was business as usual for the most part, but maybe not. I don't know. What was your impression of Jared uh, in playoff week? Big deal here. Yeah, very much business as usual, which is kind of what we expected. But um, he did give himself like a brief moment to kind of reflect on like, you know, why he wants this game. He's like, it's this is so much bigger than me and Matthew. This is about mm -hmm. uh, the city of Detroit and I so I so badly want to win a playoff game for this city, and that was probably the furthest he went with it. But that was such a cool quote, man. And yeah, um, to hear him actually talk about it and just how much he wants it for Detroit, not for himself, not for to get revenge against you know Sean McVay, but for the city. I think he put the focus properly where it should be in a game like this, and that was a perfect way to handle it. Um, and just you you could sense how badly he wants this for Detroit because that he knows the history here something that was talked about probably the day he arrived um, yep. the last couple of years, even and, and getting to the playoffs and being close last year and finally getting there this year. Um, you know, it's right there. They're, they're very close to getting that done. 
Um, they have a good game on Sunday. It's very much on the table. And he understands that. And so I, I think there's there's level of focus there from Goff. Um, you know, he wasn't really giving us anything else, which is fine. I didn't really expect much out of him um, in terms of the, the media narratives out there this week. But um, I think he's very locked in. I think he's dialed in. I think the focus is there. And I think he he's he's really just trying to accomplish that one goal in mind, which is, you know, getting a playoff win and, and, and winning and continuing this, this run throughout this year. Yeah, that's how you go about it now if you're Jared, because, you know, you play the long game here on the revenge tour because, you know, this win is – is the win that this sit right like the franchise needs it as much as more than anybody here on the team needs it and jared would probably be like 1b because for his career arc like if they keep winning in the playoffs that was my point like you win this one you win another one or whatever if you get to the second round and you keep going you've dispatched this guy everything takes care of itself in that sense and i think that if you're golf right you you prove in so many ways he's already proven the point and i think that you know the point was like we talked about with Jordan earlier in the week, um, that for a bunch of reasons, the, the thing had to happen. Was it fair? No. Was it handled properly? No. Um, but it was what it was. And it's indicative of it's still going on in the league now. I mean, you know, look at Justin Fields. I mean, there's not, and he's not alone. There's other quarterbacks of that age that just get totally, you know, given up on. And uh, it's, it's easy for people to forget how young these guys are. And that's the thing I had to remember when he came here, because you said earlier, like, I'm sure he heard about the Lions history when he got here. I don't even know if he would have had to, man. They were so horrible and everything was so bad when he got here. It was like, you remember that? Okay. So the other day that gridiron Heights or whatever, that bleacher report show, that's you know what so I mean? good. That thing that's was amazing. So <laughs> they did one of those on the Stafford trade. I want everyone to go back and find it. It's like, mm. The Stafford cartoon, he's like riding a surfboard out of town, like you know, and he's oh, here we go. Him and Kelly, like off to LA and golf. They had him in like this frozen lion's cage with like Dan Campbell biting a lion. And it was like, oh, and he was uh. like, what am I doing? It was like the saddest thing, but like that is what everyone thought. They were like, golf has been sent to a wasteland to just his first career to die, and that's not happened, obviously, right? So, in so many right. ways, he's already proven the point, he's already proven that like. You know, he's overcome all that. We'll see what happens, you know, with the next contract and everything. But I think for the the point of proving to himself and the public of what he is as a player has already been done. So it's cool to see that uh, at least that focus is there. And that, I, that's not surprising at all. And I, I think the one thing that still maybe will concern me on Sunday, I suppose, though, because you just don't know how this is going to go, is are you going to get, and I said this on a radio show earlier, radio show earlier today, like are you going to get the comfortable, calm, steady golf, or the guy who's trying to just rip it out of the building golf because he's so excited. And I'm wondering, Colton, if you're Ben Johnson, do you handle this first quarter a little bit? Uh, maybe you pump the brakes a bit and get the run game going and let's get the thing moving down the field a little bit and just make sure that he doesn't have any opportunity to get a little bit over his skis. Cause I'm still worried about that. Still worried that on Sunday he's going to show up. He's going to run out of that tunnel the crowd's going to go completely berserk for golf. That's he's going to get the loudest ovation of the whole right of the whole building, and then he's going to just, you know, he's going to freak out and whatever. And then they're going to have a mistake and they can't afford it. So I'm wondering, am I overreacting? Do you think has golf gotten over this? You know that, that kind of stuff. And if you are Ben Johnson, do you uh, maybe play that a little conservative? I don't know. I'm concerned about that a little bit. Um, that's a good question. Uh, you, you know. Golf has had some times where he's come out flat, and you can talk. You can kind of tell early how a game's going sometimes with the way he's playing. Yeah, uh, 
But then there have also been games this year where it's like, oh, Goff is not – he doesn't have it today. He just doesn't. And then he'll, all of a sudden the light will switch on and right. he'll just start dicing up defenses. So I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. Like I do think you need to get him off to a good start, and maybe that you do that by getting the run game going. I think they yeah. were, they were probably planning on that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a really strong offensive line. We know that. The bread and butter is running the, running the ball. Um, so maybe they try to get Gibbs and Montgomery going early throwing some play action passes for golf to just make things easier. So if that's the game plan, totally understand it. But I also think golf is mature enough to a point where he can overcome slow starts. And when things don't go his way, he's kind of, all right, let's, let's get back to it. Let's, let's get a play here. And that's, the, that's sort of his mentality. That's, that's the maturity that he didn't have in LA because Sean McVay was breathing down his neck every time he made a mistake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he felt he needed to be perfect. And then he started forcing things to kind of make a play and things would kind of snowball from there. Um, that's really not the case in Detroit because they have, we talked about it on, on the other podcast. Um, they are so patient with this guy and they allow him the freedom to make mistakes and say, look, that's going to happen in the game. Obviously you don't like turnovers, but when they do happen, it's about what happens next. Can we bounce back? Can we get a drive here? Can we get some points on the board just to like, you know, calm the storm a little bit. And I think that's what they've been able to do here in Detroit with Jared Goff in place. And I think that's, that's, that's golf these days, you know? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's the best point. And I think I, you know, I, I'm still probably going to be a little bit concerned about it. It's just since it's natural, you know, yeah. to have that on Sunday. But like, I, I think you make the great point that this is not the same person um, as the guy that got here, number one, and really last year, even or even earlier this year in some ways. I mean, uh, that is the greatest point that I used to say it all the time when Chris and I did the show during Goff's first year um, that like. They, if they turn the ball over, they lose the game automatically because they cannot get it back. Jared can't get it back, right? If he fumbles on a spin out, he's not making any play in the course of a four quarter game that you're like, whoa, you know, that was like, whoa, that's just going to get 60 yards back or whatever. And frankly, I think he's proven me wrong in that case because now he can do that. He's done that in some, in some cases over the last month or two, wouldn't we say? Like, yeah. So maybe I'm with you in some, you know, I, I still, I think the I think for me, when I look at this and I cut it up offensively for Detroit, and we'll talk about the other side in a second, of course. But like, this is why you you pay all you're gonna pay all the money to the offensive line. This is why you drafted the guys. This is why you know this is why you do all this to get here and to be healthy and to take the game over and make people play you and to make people feel you and to do it from the drop and like. So to me, and yeah, I, I could get maybe trying to see if whatever you run your regular stuff, maybe you see if golf can get a shot early, but it's gotta be let's buckle it up from the minute they touch the ball and go and try to drown them with the run game because that's why you're here. And that's how they're gonna advance. And and I think that that is still sort of what I'm very curious to see. And it's one of those things where we've seen it. Every time these guys are healthy and together, it works. But mm-hmm. like now it's here, it's a playoff game, right? And I know we agree on that, but I mean, just your thoughts on that. It's finally here. They're they're all available. We talk about it all the time. We talked about it for three years, this line. Now it's time for them to go win a game, in my opinion. Go win a football game. Go win a playoff game. Don't make Jared have to do it. That's really what I'm, I guess, maybe getting to in that point. Do you, do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I, I think it's of the utmost importance to set the tone with this offensive line. Right away. Um in a game like this, you don't want the Rams to kind of come out here and do their thing, and all of a sudden you go down 7-0 and you're playing mm-hmm. catch-up the rest of the No. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win the toss and then take the, the ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really right. wouldn't. Um, because they can, like, we've talked about it for so long. 
the strength of this team has always been the offense. You were never really going to rely on the defense to win you a game. They can keep you in a game when they're right, but like this offense has to go out and win games. They are a top five highest paid offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the offensive line and the pieces they have and how they've never been healthy. You got them now. You right. got them. There's some, a couple guys popping up on the injury report. That's just veteran rest. They are healthy. Yeah, they'll be ready to go. They're ready for this 100%. Um, and so they do need to set the tone. They do need to protect Jared Goff. They do need to create these running lanes, and they can do that. It's going to be tough. You know, they, they got some, some dudes up there. Aaron Donald, um, they got the rookie uh, defensive lineman, Kobe sure. Turner. Yep, yeah, he's, he's nine sacks as a rookie. Whew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're playing they're, really well, but they're young too. Yeah. Oh. Um, but this offensive line, like this is a veteran group. This is a, a battle tested group. They've been together. They played together. They've been waiting for a moment like this where it can really show what they've been building over the years. So you got it, man. Let's go see what you can do. Like that's, yeah. that's sort of my mindset. And if, if not, they struggle, um, that, that'd be a letdown. That'd be disappointing. I think that's fair to say, uh, cause this group has kind of showed over, over time, um, that they are good enough to win games. And and we think right. they're good enough to win playoff games for this team. Um, so they just haven't had the opportunity to do so. Well, it's here. So let's see it. And look, we just saw it in the old college playoff, okay? And this is why you run the ball. This is yes, why you do this is why you do all this. So that you get to this point. And we just talked about for Jared, you know, you don't want to he you know, he's got to be calm and focused and steady and everything else. For Sewell and those dudes, screw that. Turn that. At, you know, turn it up and let's go from the minute it starts. I don't want to hear any any calm anything. Like snap the ball and take someone's you know head off and break someone's back. Like that's what mm-hmm. you're there to do that day. And I think that that's the beauty of why you do it because it travels, it carries, it works in any environment. Uh, and when you have to, if you're the opposition, uh, when you have to play at that level of physicality and you have to match it on every snap defensively. Flip the thing to the other side, and you're Sean McVay and a play caller. And I know they've retooled their run game and they've retooled everything. That's still a pass-first team. When you start hammering them physically and you start making some inroads with that, they're going to want to do the same thing to you in reverse, and they can't. It's it's not the same. So to me, I agree with you right away. I mean, it's got to be like rip snorting and get going right off the shoot, and it would be an extreme disappointment. And I would be shocked, frankly, if those guys don't play well because that's not been one game all year, Fulton. Even when they had the bad guys, the bat, and I shouldn't say bad guys, the backups, even when they had the backups in, uh, they were still fine. They still ran the ball well against pretty much every team they've played. It, so when we talk about people have asked all week, like matchups, this, matchups, that, I still don't hate this matchup because I think they can run the ball on them. And I think they can do all the things that we've talked about here over the last five minutes. Um, I know that the Rams have some dudes up front, and Donald is a freak. You got to take care of him and get him out of there. But you also have Frank who is awesome. So, you know, let's remember that too. So mm-hmm. I like that matchup for them still. I don't know where you're at on it, but the Lions best, the best thing they have can win them this game. That's my opinion on it. And I think that, I think that's probably what we'll see, but you know, you never, you never quite know. I don't know. What's, are you as confident in that as I am? I, I really feel like they can get this done here up front. When you get to the playoffs, you need your best players to play at their best. And a lot of their best players are on this offensive line. And you look at Frank Ragnow and Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker and some of these guys, and, um, you know, they're, they're some of the best in their position. And there's a reason why they kept this core in place, why they re-signed guys when this new regime got here and why they kept adding to that group with a guy like Panay. First, so, you know, your first draft pick of this regime, 
you're trying to build something that can win you playoff games. That's what right. this was about. Now you're here. And so when you get to the playoffs, you're talking about maximizing your strengths and just doing what you've done well all season, continuing that into the postseason. Um, so if that were to regress, yeah, yeah, the Lions might not win this game, especially against a defensive line like that. Right. Um, so it is very important for that group to get going. I would be surprised if they don't play well because, I mean, man, you watch Panay and those huddles, and it's been so fun to watch his maturation this year. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Night and day from where he was a couple years ago, kind of scared to talk. Really and is. Even really last is. year. Even last year, mm-hmm. he wasn't really doing this. Uh, he feels so comfortable now. He feels like a leader on this team. I mean, he's a captain in his third season. He's still like 22 or maybe 20, just turned yeah, 23. I think he just like turned that. 23, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's that, like that's why you go and get a, a franchise corner, something like that. He's going to set the tone for that offensive line. Decker's going to set the tone. Um, Frank is going to do his thing. Um, so I really I do like that matchup. Like when you're talking about strength on strength, I like that strength for the Lions more so than the Rams. Yeah. Um, now it's easier said than done to block Aaron Donald, but I do think this 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 group is battle tested. They've been here before. They've seen good players before. They block good players before, so they're not going to be afraid of the moment or anything like that. And I think they're going to going to rise to the challenge. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I, I feel confident in the offensive line going in this game. Has the uh, All Pro list come out yet? I know the Pro Bowl list is out. The All Pro list, you is know, not they, they, the NFLPA put out their list. Uh, okay. This is the second time they've done this. And honestly, when you get those player player lists, it's more about mm-hmm. legacy and popularity. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would also add, and that's what I was going to say for Panay, yeah. right? Like, because he, I don't think he's going to be on it this year. And I think that's probably fine, but I think he's that close. I think he is like in my, I'm, we're on the podcast. So it's like an inch, right? Like, I mean, he's super close to being in that conversation. He's absolutely in the conversation. There are not um, four tackles better than him playing football right now. Run, there's not two or one, probably uh, as a run blocker, better than him in the NFL right now. He's, Panay was probably the best run-blocking offensive lineman regardless of position in the league this year if you just take man-on-man right away. And so he's very close, I, I think, to that all-pro level, and he's 23 friggin' years old. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, Lane Johnson and Trent are going to get it right, and, like, they're 40 damn near. So, like, and they're both going to the Hall of Fame. Like, that's what we're talking about. So yeah. Honestly, like, I would be surprised if if Panay and Frank don't make at least second team All Pro. Uh, yeah, I think that's totally fair for both. Yeah, and frankly, Frank, kind of Frank you know, if it's not for Kelsey, and you know, like Frank's had a better year than Kelsey. Frank's had a better honest. year. Yeah, but if it's not for, like you said, it's Jason Kelsey. You know what I mean? Like he's one of the best centers that's ever played football. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But the point being is, yes, I think that both those guys. Because I know we've gotten a lot of people have asked about that a little bit too. Um, I don't hate that Panay. I don't think it's a snub that Panay's not on there. You know, he's a pro bowler. I think that absolutely was deserved. I don't think it's a snub that he's not first team all pro this year, but I think he's super close. And I think if anything, it'll be, you know, fuel to the fire. While St. Brown is pissed off all offseason about not making the pro bowl for Panay, that's, you know, and he's told us before, right? I want everything. I want to be the best player at my position that's ever done this. And that's all pro. So that's the next step for him. We'll see how it goes. There. Uh, I want to talk about Stafford, though, Colton. Uh, you said er- also he's talked earlier this week, too. Uh, he's going to be more boring than golf, uh, I would <laughs> imagine. Um, but this is one. What do you what are you thinking here for him? I mean, that's he's had a hell of a season. And uh, and I know that a lot of people 
like to point back to the old days when Stafford would just choke in these huge moments. I haven't seen him do that in a long time. So, eh, you know, like, how are you feeling defensively here, Colton? This is uh, this is why, obviously, everyone was terrified of this matchup is because Stafford is playing, you know, at heater level here. So uh, your thoughts here with, with old number nine coming back? Yeah, I would watch, you know, Rams games when they were on, and I guess even sometimes I would just see, you know, Twitter clips from – uh, the film junkies I put it out there, and uh-huh. they were just raving about Stafford all, all season. Year, man. And then I've you'd see these Twitter clips, the all 22 clips, and he's just like making throwing darts all over the field. Like, yep. his arm talent has always been insane, but it feels like he's now pairing that with like a veteran mind, which he didn't, you know, maybe he had that later in his, his career. He did late here, yep, yeah, yep. That's very um, and he's just carried that over to, to LA. And even this year, he's surrounded by a lot of young players, but. He's getting the most out of that group now, and he's the guy that's kind of willing them along um, and, and kind of willed this team to, to the playoffs, if we're being honest. They won, what, seven out of their last eight games to get, mm-hmm. get in the playoffs. It's pretty crazy. Um, that's all Stafford. I think he was kind of banged up early and came back, and they went on this run. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you talk about the the full c- cast that they have uh, with Kyron Williams and, right, and well. Cooper Cup and – um, just the total offense, honestly. And the run the run stuff is interesting to me because um, they're running way more gap than they did mm-hmm. uh, even last year. I think they lead the league in, in gap runs with like 257 That's or crazy. something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. They just overhauled their entire run scheme and like got a couple yeah. new offensive linemen. Steve like, Avila from, uh, from TCU. We liked him last year, I think, as a guard. Yeah, he's great. He's going to be yeah. awesome for a long time there. Yeah. So they got some pieces and they changed the run scheme. It fits Kyron really well and – uh, they took off and like having that run game be so dependable. I think Kyron missed like five games too, and he's still like, you know, top five in rushing, which is pretty crazy. That shows you how good they've been. Um, so you have a run game for Stafford. You give him two really good receivers in Cooper Cup and, and Puka. What he's been able to do as a rookie, this offense scares you, and and it should. Um, at the same time, I almost feel like <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. Uh, <laughs> The Lions, I, I this is my take. The Lions fear the combination of like Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, even with a Nick Mullins at quarterback, probably right. a little bit more than Cooper Cup and Puka, because like those aren't the most athletic guys. Justin Jefferson can win games like by himself. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> like he's that good. And everyone's like, "Why did Nick Mullins throw for 400 yards?" I'm like, "He is throwing to the best dude in the he's league." Playing that, 500 with Justin close to Jefferson. 200 yards. Like, come on now. That's Justin Jefferson. That's not Nick Mullins. He's playing. He's playing 500 up there, lobbing it up, and Justin Jefferson's coming it down, coming down with God. it every week. Um, so like, you're not playing a Justin Jefferson. Cooper Cup has not been the same receiver that he's been in the past. I think that's been pretty apparent. He's had some injuries um and puka's awesome but he just doesn't scare me the same way justin jefferson is right. I, I don't think that's a hot take no. um so i do think that while stafford makes the tight window throws and makes you have to play perfect defense i think that's probably the, the tough challenge there um in terms of the receivers i actually think they've faced tougher matchups this year um than those two guys that. at least and i think that's the great point that you make it's not just Jefferson, who can obviously do all those things by himself, it's the fact that they have him paired with Addison, who's just a burner, who like yeah. is a guy that can blow the top off. And the Rams, you know, that's not. It's it's been a lot of like you said, a lot of Stafford opening windows with no look throws. You know what I yep. mean? 
Nakua winning underneath like he does and just make and being extremely dependable uh, on the sideline. He's awesome in the air. He, you know, can adjust. He's been healthy, thank God for him, for the first time, like, in his whole life, uh, really. And that's why this has really taken off. He has speed. Like, I don't want to say that he's slow. He's a very fast player. Sure. But it's not It's not like Jameson where you've got a guy that's just going to, oh, my God, or Jefferson, really, who's going to cook a guy so bad, you know, <laughs> at the line of scrimmage that you're just like, what the hell are we going to do here? Like, that's not what this is. So, when I said again, I said this earlier today to someone like the, the this has to be, and I know they've got some of their guys back, but this has to be the vanilla. Put the shell on, get back, and do not let him have anything deep over the top. The two, it's got to be split safety the whole way. Everybody's got to play underneath and fit the run, which I think they can do. I think Campbell's been better under there. If Aleem's back, right, we'll see what all that can do, and blah blah blah. CJ's in the game. You got the guys to do all this. Now you got to get back and just do not let him get anything, you know, deep over the top because that's what's going to kill you. If you, if he gets six, 12, 15, seven, nine, 15, and they get down to the seven and you find a way to get into a field goal, three out of five drives, you win the game. Probably by a couple touchdowns. Like, you know what I mean? You win the game. That, so I, that's what I was trying to say. A couple of weeks ago when I said I actually like this matchup in some ways more than having to play Green Bay, who I know obviously that for a bunch of reasons you'd like to play Green Bay more than you would if there's no Stafford, all those other things. I it, they don't they have guys that can really kind of get by you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not that. It's mm-hmm. not the same exact thing. And while Stafford can chuck that thing as deep as anybody and you got to make sure everybody's back and not sleeping, it's not, it's a very different deal. He has done so much for them this year. You're 100% right. And it reminds me of the 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 first half of his 2019 here before he got hurt. He, that was, a, I think that was the best like eight games he's ever played in Detroit. He was amazing. Uh, and he, it was, they were not good. They, Danny Amendola was his best receiver and he was <laughs> carving people up. And it was just like no looking people off, holding safeties and moving them, just, at like an elite, elite mastery level of like understanding the game, like you said, mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing from him. So he Stafford can f- go absolutely bonkers and freak out and win this game by himself, but also you kind of want him to have to do that. So to me, get the safeties back, fit the run with the dudes underneath. They're better again. They're better on the ground this year. They're not elite on the ground, and I think that that's I I feel comfortable enough. I would say with the front right now that they can do that. I mean, I still feel okay about this game in general. I think that that's sort of where I'm at with it. I don't know, like I, maybe too comfortable. I don't, I don't know, but like a lot of people are freaking out and I, I guess I get that, but that's, I don't know. I feel like this is a decent matchup for them in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing that we did mention is that, you know, if you're talking about green Bay versus Rams, you'd rather play uh, Jordan love can run and he can create extra yards right. with his legs. And Stafford is not the most mobile quarterback. And, uh, I think the Lions do better against guys that can operate from the pocket. Uh, their pass rush has been better, I think, of late. Aiden has really taken a step forward. I think he's got five yes. sacks his last two games. Oh, this. Um, he's been he's been unreal. Uh, it doesn't sound like James Houston's going to be back. He might need another week. Um, you, we'll we'll see how the injury report looks this week and how he's coming along. I talked to Cam on Friday, but uh, I would imagine it kind of needs an extra week at this point. Uh, but regardless, I think they've been able to get stuff done without him. Uh, and Aleem's back, and 
when Aiden's playing at this level, I think you feel pretty good about the pass rush, maybe being able to get home. So, yeah, I do think the recipe is there. I think you don't allow anything over the top. You play the two two deep safeties. Um, I think Campbell, like you mentioned, is like I think Dan Campbell actually came out this week and said, Jack Campbell, I thought that Vikings game was probably the best of his, of his career. He's so playing much better. Yeah. He's playing he looks like a veteran now. I'll say that. Like he is mm-hmm. he looks comfortable, settled in. He's not overthinking things. Uh he's getting a little cocky on the field, which I like to see. You know, <laughs> right. he looks yeah, like he's, he's settling in. Yeah. And he's flying around the field. Um so I, I do think there's a recipe and if you can, you know, take care of them over the middle a little bit, that's easier said than done. But um just don't allow the deep shots Right. Uh, defend the run, which you've done all year. You're second in the league in rushing yards allowed um, per game. And I think there's a recipe here. You get some turnovers. The splash plays, I think, are so important for this team because there are times where they're not an elite defense, and we know that. So they do have right. to rely on splash plays. And sometimes you're like, well, splash plays kind of come and go. Like these turnovers, you can't really rely on them. The Lions feel like they can. And they feel like it's because of the guys that they have in place and right. the guys they drafted, like Kirby's a ball hawk, CJ Gardner Johnson tied for the league lead in interceptions a year ago. If he's doing his thing now, he's been unreal. Aiden's creating havoc. So you got enough guys on the field where you feel like you can kind of depend on those splash plays to come when you need them most. So that to me is the defensive recipe. You get some pressure. Not you don't need it, you only be a you know have Stafford running for his life all day, but if you can get him uncomfortable, rattled, get off the field on third down a couple times, get some splash plays, uh, and and limit explosives, right. I think that's probably your recipe. Yeah, and if you can take the run away, then that's exactly what, and that's that's where it starts really, because it's like if because their run game is improved, and that's why at the end of the day they're here, um, and because he by himself wasn't going to be enough without the run game, as we saw last year before he got hurt. And that's still the book on Stafford. It's still the same same thing as always. If you can play well on first down over and over to take that thing away to where they're and get a lead, you know what I mean? Then you could just drop in a shell and fire zone Stafford and he will be miserable for the whole day. And he will give you two or three chances to, to make a play because he will just, he can't, he's not, like you said, he can't run. Like, I mean, he's athletic enough, like we used to say, but like old wheels Stafford. But if you sit there, Drop everybody and then, you know, mix up where you're bringing pressure from and annoy him. Like, it's – you got him where you want him. And you put everything on his shoulders and you make him beat you. If you're Detroit, you don't make your quarterback do this. You do it for him. If you're looking at the other way, you make Stafford come in here and take it from you. Like, that's really at the end of the day. And I think, you know, one thing I was going to ask quick before we get to the final thoughts here. Laporta, Colton. I know yeah. uh, Campbell said uh, – I think he was out there at walkthrough, but I'm not sure what that even means. Um uh, I don't know. Did he say anything about like definitive? I don't think he even can at this point, probably. Um, not yet. He did say he's um he's improving, which is I mean, I think you take that. That's yeah, okay. We're really sure what you're gonna get. Swelling's down. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Um he said he's improving. He was out there and walked through. I don't foresee us knowing anything or feeling like we have a real good picture until Friday afternoon, but he's improving. Okay. So best case scenario, man, I like I know some people think um, that Campbell's just trying to throw LA off the scent and maybe have them game plan for Laporta like he's not hurt. Uh, I don't think that's really how Campbell operates. He's usually pretty honest with us. No, the so game plan does change. Yeah, right. Yeah, so if he tells <laughs> us Laporta is like getting better, I actually believe him when he says that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, the, and the, this is the part that actually makes me believe that. Because he told us if Laporta is like able to play, but he's not effective, we're not going to play him. There's just no right. point in putting him out there and letting him, you know, risk further injury, I guess. Um, but it seems like they are actually monitoring his status. And if he can, and he wants to play, I'm sure. And if they can get him out there and he's running around, he's effective and looks even probably like 70% of what he is, I, I would imagine he might try to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's just out there in name only and like he's just a decoy, like I don't think they're going to make him a decoy in this game. I really don't. No, no. Um, there's no need to. I think you got guys that you you probably like. And, and James Mitchell, he's starting to come along. Brock Wright yeah, is going to be back in this game. Brock Wright is healthy and practicing this week. So that's, it's going to be good to get him back, even just for um, blocking the run game. He knows all yeah, the assignments. Huge. That's good. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if he's out there. That's obviously a huge piece that we're all waiting for. But it seems like Friday would be the the day where we get a better picture for that. Yeah, so we'll see how that all shakes out. But for the rest of it, it's uh, this is what you want. And I think that that's um, kind of what I wanted to – like your final thoughts, Colton, on this one. I mean, we're going to go short here because we had one earlier and we got excess later today. Um, but, you know – a lot comes down to this, obviously, right? Like um, a lot of people are going to have a feel some kind of way if it doesn't go the lion's way about where things are at. And that that will be foolish uh, and all that sort of thing. I think that I would say before anyone even gets there that I still think they're ahead of schedule. I still think they're further along than I thought they would be. Uh, and the future is exactly what you, you want it to be. However, the opportunity here is massive. It's... Um, it's an, it's an, we said it a couple weeks ago, I think, when we were talking about that the possibility of it even happening. Uh, you can exercise so many demons in one day and just completely forget about it and move on like it never happened and start over next year or whatever this run ends as like a brand new franchise. Like that's it's I, I know that sounds like heavy. But it really is kind of what I feel like this is. That's the opportunity today. You can put to bed the demon of you failed your number one draft pick for a decade. You failed him. You've made another guy retire. You've done that twice. Put it all to bed and bury it. And the playoffs drought goes with it. And everything's And then you're just a regular NFL team that is competing for playoff spots every year. That to me is... You're at the you're at the door, Colton. Right, like they're right at the door. That's and that's crazy to me that three years into this they're at the door, but they are, and that that that's what I feel like this opportunity is. And uh, excited to see it, my man. Like I don't know what your thoughts, final thoughts going into this one. It's a big one. You've been around no, these guys all year. I'm glad you said it because I I agree. I, I do think. I guess it sounds a little silly on the surface, but I I kind of think this is a franchise altering game. If you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that it sets you up for the future. Um, you know, getting this game against that guy, we talked about it so much, but I, I think it's going to mean so much to the city. Um, right. Listening to Stafford talk the other day, he is pretty dialed in on the Rams, man. Like, it's like, I had some good times here, but I'm the enemy now. I'm coming in mm-hmm. here. I'm going to try to win. And, like, I think that was probably the reset that maybe the fans needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's, this he's guy is, to try to kill you. This guy doesn't play for you anymore, man. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. You had some good times, couldn't get it done. He's moved on. Um, and on the flip side of that, you hear Jerry Goff saying, I so badly want to get this win for the city. I so badly want this playoff win. And um, if he gets this one, you know, 
golf's going to have a lot of fans in the city. Um, the Lions are going to have the sense of pride. I, I, I spent the week, really the last couple of weeks, talking to former players uh, mm-hmm. from the 90s who were talking about their their sort of run in the 90s, make the playoffs six times in 10 years in that decade. Um, right. And they have one playoff win to show for, only two division titles. Uh, and so many ways, this current group parallels that group um, in the sense that they were building through the draft. They had all these kind of Pro Bowl talents, all Pro talents ascend at the same time to have a run like that. And that's really the only run of the Super Bowl era where you've had sustained success like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lions are trying to get to that point. The current Lions are. But talking to former players, they want nothing more than to see this group do what they couldn't and win the, right. and win the way that, that they couldn't. Um, so you have a whole city, a, a whole alumni base kind of riding on this group because they feel like it's different. This is different than anything they've seen over the years the last 25 plus years since the last time they, that 90s group made the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this game means a lot to a lot of people. And if you're able to get it, I think that kind of, we talked about exercising demons, but it almost, it, it resets the franchise in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. So. And I think that's, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, it's a lot, but that's, that's gotta be the end all message to the group. There is like, look, it's going to mean a lot to Stafford coming in, too, because like legacy and everything else. Can you imagine what his legacy is if he comes in here and slays this one? Like, I'm first ballot now, guys. Like, there's no – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. every stat that we used to talk about with him that was, like, astronomical now goes in right into that context of he's got a Super Bowl and he proved everybody that that was not his fault. So, like, that's on his line, too. So he's going to be fired up, too. But if you're Detroit, every guy in your room – has all the things that Colton just said on his shoulders while the other side, the quarterback, it means that much to him. It's got to mean more to you. This is one of those type of deals where it's hard to do that in the NFL, especially in the playoffs, really, especially in the playoffs. But (laughs) this has got to mean a little bit more to the home team, I feel like, because, yeah, it's a really – you got to get it. I mean, I I just – it would be one that it's not going to set you back if you don't. In any real bad way or whatever, you can still overcome things and have a great year next year and move on. But, man, the opportunity is massive. And I just, for a lot of things and the city and everybody else, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see the crowd. That'll be uh, a wild scene on Sunday. You ready to go? Ready for this? I'm ready, Ready man. for it to be over the week anyway? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Let's get to Sunday already. <laughs> I agree with that. Well, that, well that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks to Jordan, of course, earlier this week. If you haven't listened to that. Uh, conversation we had uh, what was it Tuesday Golden we talked to Jordan yep uh, somewhere in there it's anyway it's in the feed so that was great great talk about a lot of talk about golf and Stafford and McVay and Campbell and Holmes and everybody else so really good stuff there also check out everything Colton's written this week and we'll continue to write everything Jordan has written and will continue to write I think I'm writing something for I actually have to get that to Allison here soon or tomorrow so <laughs> I gotta get that done but in any event that'll do it for this week thanks to Colton I am Nick thanks again and take care